Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, good morning. We have had a beautiful day. Ah, just, you know, if you were at camp or not at camp, we had so many baptisms over here, and now we dedicated babies over here. So we're just filling up this whole altar with a generation that's going to burn for Jesus. Hope is alive on the earth today. We are not losing. We are winning. It is finished. We will overcome. Our future is bright. And this is just a tiny little snippet of what God is doing on the earth, raising up a generation in secret that will not back down from Goliaths, right? And we're in the room for it. So, so exciting. Well, Justin told me to send his love. He is in Alabama, uh, preaching, so I don't really know how to do that, but just say, I send his love. (laughs) You are so loved. And um, I have a little word for us this morning um, uh, that I've just been kind of brewing on for the last couple weeks. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was just spending time with the Lord, and I just had a vision, and in the vision, I was in this study which really, some people go to a garden. I would go to a study with lots of books and quiet meditation. That, that would be my, um, my heavenly place to go. And Blake can relate, right? All the fives in the room just felt seen. And so I, I, was, uh, I was sitting at this study, this desk, and uh, Jesus walked in. And he sat down and he started looking on the shelf and on the shelf was a little acorn. And I didn't know there was an acorn on the shelf, but it would be fitting for me to have an acorn on the shelf because this time of year, I decorate with acorns. (laughs) And I, look, I brought one. I think this is the first time ever I've had a prop when I preach. So this message already went down in history because I have a prop. Who knows what's going to come next? And this just feels like autumn, so it makes me happy. Um, But it also has a hat. So acorns are ready for sweater weather. And so it's just like the fact that the Lord decided to put a hat on a seed just feels like you're, you're worth decor, in my house. So I, I have this gorgeous white oak in our yard that I just love. I look at it often. I, I picked this up off the ground from it this morning. And uh, as, as, as Jesus was drawing my attention to this acorn, uh, I could tell that uh, it was living below its destiny on the shelf. <laughs> And I heard him say, plant your prophecy. Plant your prophecy. And 
he began speaking to me over these last couple weeks about how uh, in order for things to grow, they need the right culture. They need the right environment. And farmers cannot make things grow. Farmers tend to soil. They watch over, is there enough water? Is, is there enough sunlight? Is all the things, all the nutrients needed in this soil for what I'm growing to grow straight and true happening? And uh, he started talking to me about how uh, treasuring your prophetic words and watching over them with all diligence does not happen on a shelf. They were never meant to be pinned up on a wall for us to smile at as we walk by. That our prophetic prophecies were meant for the dirt. <laughs> and, you know, it's not the most exciting place to go. And I started doing a little research on oak trees. How is it even possible? I mean, how is it even possible that this tiny little seed with a cute hat could turn into a giant oak tree? And I've just been staring at my tree and thinking, you are the God of the impossible. And you know, less than 1% of acorns hit their destiny. Less than 1% of, ac of acorns become an oak tree. And the majority of them are eaten by squirrels. Squirrels have the market on seeds with hats. They have a lot of stock there. And as I kept reading, um, it, a common way that that less than 1% actually becomes an oak tree is that a squirrel will bury it for later. It's like, I'm gonna have this snack later. And, and the squirrel will forget about it, and it, it will have the space and the time and everything it needs to sprout up. And this morning, I just, I have felt uh, just the spirit of God on some of our lives have felt buried by the enemy. Some areas of our lives, it has felt dark, it has felt uh, powerless, it has felt like somebody has put me in this dark space that I do not want to be in. And I felt this morning the decree of the Father over your life uh, that everything about where you are is intentional and I'm about to blow your mind. And you know, the, the place of faith in our life requires resistance. And when an acorn is, uh, you know, growing up to get out of the soil and have its first touch of light, the soil is actually serving the seed in a place of resistance. And your circumstances right now, every circumstance in your life is serving you with the resistance you need for your faith to arise and shine. That the, the fire in your life right now is your circumstance. 
And everything that the enemy has meant for evil, the heart of God is longing and scheming and planning to turn for good. And the voices in your head that you hear, I'm gonna die down here. This is, this is what the Father is holding in his heart. This is gonna take me out. I'm not gonna make it to the end. This morning, Jesus is whispering down in that dirt, I'm gonna use everything that this soil is producing in your life. Everything the enemy meant to hide you away and bury you for later, I'm gonna turn on his head that you have been destined to go about the earth doing good, destroying the works of the devil. And you know, in this house, Isaiah 61 is a prophetic promise that is constantly spoken over our tribe. They will be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And so the environment that you bury your prophetic promises in determines the growth in your life. You cannot make grow what God has said over your life. Your responsibility is tend to the culture around you. Tend to the culture that you are stewarding those promises and tend to the culture. And you know, during worship this morning, my heart was just so defeated because as I've just had this word on my heart, uh, we started singing that song, I could sing of your love forever. And there was a season in my life that I was totally into delirious. So it's all I ever listened to. And uh, I was taken back to a memory when I was, I was probably 17 and I was driving my parents' Thunderbird to school. And the front half was black and the rest of the car was white. Cause it was the hand-me-down car and it had already been through a sibling and I was next in line, <laughs> and I was driving to school, and uh, I was in the dirt, and the enemy had buried me there for later. And there was so much pain and anguish in my heart that I, I truly had moments I did not want to live. I could not see a hope or a future but I loved Jesus. And I remember one morning in that Thunderburn, I turned up that song, I could sing of your love forever. And I decided just to belt it out with my whole heart. I mean, I was screaming all the way to school and I kept singing it and singing it and singing it. And I couldn't feel any change in my heart, but it was a moment this morning the Lord took me back to and he said, you planted an acorn and look at the oak of righteousness, baby. Look at in the last two decades, what I did with that acorn, what I did with a tiny little seed with a hat. In a moment, 
where you weren't feeling it, but you decided to step into a culture that's not of this world, that doesn't live by feelings or earthly facts, but says, I have a God, I know he's real, I know he exists, and the proof is not in what's happening on the earth. And this morning, you know, I just felt like reminding us that we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. And your spirit right now knows Jesus fully. Your spirit man right now is seated in heavenly places as free as a bird. Your spirit man has never known the anguish of fear. Your spirit man has never known the anguish, the torment of a spirit of poverty. It's never known the anguish of affliction, of sin. Your spirit man is flawless because it's been born again, if you're a Christian in this room, if you're a, 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 a born again believer that said Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, Jesus Christ is the only way to access intimacy with the living God. Right now, your spirit man only knows fullness of joy, fullness of peace, fullness of hope, absolute oneness face to face with the Godhead. And your body has never been to that realm. You know, Paul said, I don't know if I was in in the body or out of the body. So if you've been in your body to heaven, come talk to us after here, because I... I need to hear some stories. (laughs) Most of the time, your body is very planted on the earth. Uh, And your soul is, is what holds all the process you walk through in this realm on the earth. So your body and your soul make terrible leaders. Your body and your soul, discipleship, is your body and your soul coming up underneath the lordship of Jesus that your spirit man loves to live under. Discipleship is bringing every story your body and your soul are holding that are causing so much angst, so much chaos, so much stress, so much striving because of the real story that has been, didn't start with you, the story that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve of sin coming in and twisting up our design to be those that are one with a God who is love. And the reason sin was so devastating, that the blood of Jesus was so needed, that nothing else could repair what was broken, was because of the devastation that happened in our capacity to receive love, to receive the God who is love. And so in in this life right now, we, we are either planted 
in the kingdom or we are planted on the earth in the kingdom of the world. And in the kingdom of the world is, is a religious spirit, political spirits, hating spirits. I mean, you don't have to look very far to see when, when we are rooted and grounded in the systems of the world, we experience anguish, pain, loss in our innermost being because it's, it's not that there won't be trouble on the earth when you're living in the kingdom because one of our prophetic words from Jesus is, in this world, you will have trouble. But we hardly ever say that, be them to me according to your word. <laughs> Let it be so, Jesus. But what does he say? Take heart. There's another kingdom where I reign. There's another kingdom where I rule and I'm never stepping off the throne. And so growing up in our spirit man requires that we're rooted and grounded in the kingdom. And Jesus came preaching, saying, uh, the kingdom is at hand. What did that mean? I am the kingdom. If you see my hand, you've seen the kingdom. It's right here. <laughs> because the presence, the Godhead, is the center on which all of the kingdom exists the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so in the world systems, it runs off of power, money, uh, striving, a, a, a pursuit to be accepted and wanted, and a, a pursuit to validate worth and a reason for existing. And in the kingdom, the life source is the presence of the living God. Nothing else sustains the kingdom. And so Jesus came saying, it's at hand, because I'm here. I am with you. And you know, he, he said to his disciples, the kingdom isn't here or there or over there. The kingdom is within you. And, and why is the kingdom within you? Right now, in this moment, the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. But how much of your soul and body has been renewed in the spirit of your mind to come up underneath that kingdom determines our level of awareness. It does not determine our access we all have the same exact access to the kingdom because only the blood of Jesus gave us the access. But all across this room, we all have different measures of awareness of how much of the kingdom has taken up residence on my insides. That the promised land in the new covenant is God in me. And how much residence has God come and taken over territory in my story that my soul holds and my body holds? How much of my soul and my body is in alignment with the story Jesus is telling? And, you know, James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. And that, that word unstable means 
He's without rest. And so much of our exhaustion is because there in the kingdoms of the world, there is no rest. There's no peace in this world. And, and Jesus said, I've come to give you a peace this world cannot offer. I'm giving you my peace, the prince of peace, myself. And so the kingdom is within you because that's where God is. And Romans says, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this morning, how can we pull off every prophetic promise that has ever been given to us, that's been handed down generation after generation, some that, you know, some promises in the Bible that have not manifested on the earth yet. Like you will do greater things than I did. Who wants to pull that one off the shelf and plant it in the soil of the kingdom? How about the same love that the Father loves me with, I have loved you with? Who today is walking around like an oak tree of love? No amount of rejection on the earth can move me because I carry the love of Jesus, the same love. That's a promise Jesus spoke that, you know, nothing will be impossible for those who believe. If you say to that mountain, move, it's gonna be moved. I've tried to walk on water a few times. My soil still needs tending. So when we talk about being planted in the kingdom, it, it, it means being aware that the resistance in my soul and my body is all a part of it. It's not, it's not uh, leaving the scene of my real life. Because sometimes I feel like that would be the best route, just to sit in the study and meditate like a monk for the rest of my life. But that's not the way of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I just want to look at one verse about righteousness. Because righteousness opens the door to the peace in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness opens the door to the joy in the Holy Spirit. The good news of the gospel is you don't have to have any of your own peace to come receive the peace of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have any of your own joy to come drink of the joy of Jesus. And it's often best when you get to the bottom of your own source that you tap into the eternal source of peace and joy. So look, let's just look at this 
what is righteousness? And in Romans 3, verse 27, it says, where then is there room for boasting? Do our works bring God's acceptance? Not at all. It was not our works of keeping the law, but our faith in his finished work that makes us right with God. So our conclusion is this, God's wonderful declaration that we are righteous in his eyes can only come when we put our faith in Christ and not in keeping the law. Let's skip over to four, verse four. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. Even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness that comes inside a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness is heard over your life. Apart from our works, God's work is enough. Being made right with God comes in his decree and his view of you. You are made whole in your body and your soul when you come as you are, not as you should be, but when you come as you are in the reality of your anxiety, in the reality of your poverty, in the reality of your weakness, your deficit, your sin, your lack, your depression, your anxiety, you come as you are and you hear the decree of Jesus. You are right with me, right where you are. I accept you, I receive you come as often as you want. And you know, when we see the story of the prodigal son, I've been on that road thousands of times. I'm gonna be on that road thousands more. He was not healed of his shame because he washed off the pig smell and, and put on his best outfit to return home to the father. He still smelled like a pig trough. He was head to toe, covered in the shame of his terrible choices, in the shame of whatever happened in his story, that he was not planted to grow straight. And the father, you know, shame is healed when we feel a father embracing us who can smell where we just were. We are healed when I'm loved just like this. We are healed when he kisses my face and I still have the slop from pigs on my cheeks. 
we are healed in the decree. He's home. He's my happy thought just like this. He's where I want to be. Get the ring, get the robe, get the shoes, get the calf. He doesn't go home and take a shower. The father covers his smell with the smell of his robe. The father covers his filth with the purity of his love. You are not and never will be connected to the Father because of what you do. When you plant the promise of who you are to be on the earth in the soil of the kingdom, the soil of the Godhead, your job is not to make it happen. Your job is to believe. How much can I believe in my lifetime? Can we have the worship team come up? Let's all just stand up. We're just gonna, we're gonna end with one song. And, uh, you know, there's this sneaky little spirit that, that says, I'm behind. Look at this. This guy is so far behind. I mean, I just ruined his destiny because I brought him here. <laughs> Sorry, guy, you're not in the 1%. And, you know, that spirit uh, consumes us with our works. It has nothing to do with the kingdom or the gospel because your life is intended to live so much longer than you. Your faith on the earth, you know, the oak tree in my yard is gonna live 600 years. Sometimes I just look at it and I think, who's gonna be looking at this oak tree in 600 years? And Psalm says it's prophesying about the nature of my God. Do you have anything to say to me today, tree? And when we start to believe we're behind, it's because we're having a conversation with a spirit that doesn't want you to happen on the earth. 12-year-olds can think they're behind time. Some trees that you plant, you won't sit in the shade of. And that's the heart of the kingdom. And I'm planting seeds that in 600 years are gonna have the fragrance of a God who is good, of a kingdom that's indestructible, that annihilates a spirit of poverty, a lying spirit that says your worst days are on the horizon. You're never gonna get out of this dirt. We're planting seeds in the kingdom that in 600 years, those lies will be recognized as ones that come to steal, kill, and destroy that have nothing to do with the spirit of truth. The lies right now that are familiar are your prophetic destiny on the earth that you would rise up out of the ashes for such a time as this 
to know my greatest days on the earth are 600 years away. Because I'm living for the kingdom. And the momentum of the kingdom will never know an end. I'm not living to see a recession end. I'm living to see heaven that knows no time frame touch the earth. That disease would see the people of God lift their hand and run into the sea in terror. generation that never again doubts that there is no evil motive in the heart of our Father. That we would live face to face in the full portion of what Jesus paid such an extraordinary price for. That my life is not my own. There's nothing you could take from me. My treasure is in heaven. If it all goes, there's no rust there. There's nothing that could steal there. And my body and my soul on this earth are coming up under that kind of lordship and surrender. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.